The skin of our skinny skin teeth. Oh my gosh. I gave a friend a ride to an airport th- this morning. <laughs> oh, I forgot about construction on 19th Avenue. You still made it on time. Barely. Miracles. Wonder of wonder, miracle, miracles. God took a tailor by the hand. All right. We are at the cusp and having just passed the fall equinox. And there's a couple things about that that are really fascinating and fun for me, which are going to cause you stress and irk you. Okay, good. (laughs) It's going to be about Neptune and some weird tangent. No. What is it? What is the, and oh my God, I just forgot about <laughs> what does everyone blame the technology breakdown on? Mercury retrograde, retrograde. which is happening. That is happening. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I totally spaced. All right. What so let's is start it? with just this general idea. We Art said that let's talk about fall, which gives us a wide berth here. Right. Right. And to me, there's so much richness in that. And, uh, it's the chilling of the air. Um, it's the falling of the leaves, right? It's all this stuff. But you know what? It's also that pumpkin spice shit everywhere. Like, <laughs> what is it with that shit? I love pumpkin spice. I have pumpkin spice Cheerios. I have pumpkin spice creamer in the fridge. I am all over pumpkin spice, man. In fact, See? I even had some pumpkin spice pasta last night. People look forward to this all year. <laughs> and you don't? <laughs> I don't care. Like a pumpkin spice, okay, sure. That, well, like for me, it's like, yeah, I'll have a chai latte. I think I'd rather have chai than pumpkin spice. Just to really? Be, yeah. That is such a hippy dippy thing. You are West Marin, my friend. No, I, I live in North Marin. I know, but you're West Marin. I'm so far west of Marin that I'm literally in the Pacific Ocean. Exactly. <laughs> the deep you make Bolinas look like Orange County. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm so spiritual, I'm an atheist. <laughs> I'm so spiritual, I voted for Trump. <laughs> you could make an argument for that. Yeah, you could. Oh. Yeah, so what does the fall mean to you besides pumpkin Cheerios, pumpkin spice Cheerios? <laughs> um, one of the things I like about it is it's, I think, an opportunity for us humans to really look at our dark side, our shadow, and go into the evil that we hold and in doing so, heal it. You know, so I love Halloween and um, 
a lot of people stream when they're going to horror town at Universal Studios, like going through the haunted mazes and, um, and that macabre element. And there's one of the houses at Universal this year. It's called Scarecrow House. It's a little too macabre for me. It's wow, that's little, saying something. <laughs> it's a little too dark. But that's um, quite, that must be quite dark. It's dark. Man. Do you want me to go with you and hold your hand? Oh my God. That reminded me one of the funnest times I had was doing um, the day of the dead maze with Jonah. And we were both so scared. Have I already told you this story? No, I don't remember this. Oh my God. And like he said, at first he was trying to just sort of walk through it. And I was like, I'm out of here. I was just sort of running. And at one point we're almost at the end and the crowd had kind of backed up. And I feel something like on my shoulder. And I thought it was Jonah. I turned around. It was one of the day the dead, like right in my face. And I jump into the person who's in front of me. And they go, and they jumped in. It was like this domino effect. And then Jonah and I ran out of there. We were laughing so hard. And that element, like I was thinking of the endorphin rush and how it really brought us together. Yeah. Yeah, shared shared trauma can be a real bonding agent. Yeah, <laughs> but we were laughing so hard; it was so much fun. And 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 yeah, like both. I was just talking with them about it the other day, and we were both like, "Yeah, I don't think I'd do it again." And it was a blast. Glad right. we did it. I totally yeah. feel that way about roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go but to I a haunted do- house. There's one here in Nevada that that's in a barn that's really good that scared the crap out of me. Really? I'd go again. <clears throat> all right did yeah. you go with uh your partner yeah, with kathy all right yeah i wasn't She's sure if she pre-covid ah. yeah did you ever read um or see the movie something wicked this way comes i think i've read it i don't think By i saw Ray the bradbury movie. yeah yeah i don't that, remember it very well um his opening to that book it's very poetic captures, from what I remember. What? It's very poetic from what yeah. I remember. Yes, yes. And he captures that fall element, I think, really well. Yeah, so for me, um, I see it as the period of time where the death forces are right on the rise. Right? We have the dormancy of winter, which a lot of people associate with death. But to me, it's just like the flat, flat nothing. The, the spring renewal, the summer full bloom. And so this is the beginning of the season of the dying off. And, and we're always growing and dying. It's all, it's always happening. Like we're sloughing skin off. Our organs are regenerating, like all this stuff's happening. And so fall to me represents that aspect of the, the falling off of the things that no longer serve us. And <clears throat> there's an interesting sort of uh, intersection of various religious practices, right? There's the fall equinox, which is the sort of pagan ritual. And then there's a couple other things in Judaism and Christendom that I want to actually kind of go deep in. I'm going to beg your indulgence. I want to read like four or five paragraphs about something right now. Ooh, okay. Here we go. All right. 
Summer's haze vanishes when the clear skies and crisp air of September arrive. This is the time we establish our rhythms for the year. In many respects, it's more of a new year than January 1st. It's a time of separation and individualization. The cool, pristine air wakes us up from the summer days and our thinking becomes more precise. With the beginning of school, we send our young ones off with memories of our own educated, etched indelibly into our own personalities. It's a time when we naturally think back upon our lives. The autumn is a rare time. In many parts of North America, the trees are ablaze with splendid color. The scarlet maples of New England, the twittering yellow aspens of the Rocky Mountains, and the orange sumac of the south are but a few examples. The evening skies come alive as meteor showers streak across the dark canopy like blazing arrows. And the remnants of this cosmic metallic presence is unknowingly absorbed into our blood from the very air we breathe, invigorating our blood with its homeopathic qualities of iron. Darkness starts to wrap around us and we are moved inside to the comfort of our homes. Our thought life also goes inward. The dreamy mood of summer is replaced by a new vigor that seems to add us in our tasks, that seeks to aid us in our tasks. Beyond the external observation, what does all of this mean? An ancient intuitive wisdom placed a festival at each of the four turning points of the solar year. In the autumn, this festival was named after a mythological figure the archangel Michael, the heavenly warrior. The name Michael is Hebrew, and its meaning is a question, who is like God? Legend tells that Michael, along with Gabriel, Uriel, and Raphael, were sent out into the cosmos by God to seek the name for man. With sublime spirit power, Michael, as the messenger of God, proclaimed man's earthly name, Adam. There are many other legends of Michael, and most notable being of his confrontation in heaven with the rebellious angels led by Lucifer, who sought to overthrow God. The forces of Michael cast them out of heaven and held them in control in their earthly form as dragons. But Michael did not slay the leading dragon. Through his inner forces, he was able to hold it with his control at the tip of his spear. And if we examine this story, we begin to find the meaning of Michaelness, the task of Michael. The dragon is not an external reality, but rather lives within all humankind, like you're saying, Greg. Represented by cold, dead, rationalistic, pragmatic thinking, it is alive within every mortal as it is potentially an evil force. Michael's message to humanity is not to try to slay the dragon with ourselves, for we would not live in freedom if we did, but rather to overcome it with consciousness. It is the consciousness in our thinking which calls for exactitude and selflessness, as well as the strength of will needed to follow a path in life. Michaelmas is a festival of inner strength and initiative. It is a time when our higher being can conquer anxiety and fear, for it is the task of Michael to awaken mankind to the eternal within. <clears throat> the backdrop for the drama of the story is a struggle between the There's powers more. of strive for forces of Probably goodness and those we're almost there. Let's struggle for the purpose of evil. And it is within each individual on earth that this drama is enacted. Mythology can be thought of as a psychological healer for mankind. It gives one courage through its images of good conquering evil. And this picture helps us live the age of individuality and personal freedom. And this puts us with a multitude of choices and great stress on the young as they seek to find direction in their lives. And this is the, the idea of countering ourselves 
and holding the evil at bay while recognizing its true value as part of the cosmos. So that's about Michaelmas, right? Which is this Christian um, celebration that is comes out of something called anthroposophy in the Waldorf movement, right? So that's one aspect of this. But other cultures begin another New Year celebration at this time, right? Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the time of atonement, of accounting, and, and rededicating ourselves to be purposeful in serving humanity. <clears throat> and so these two things come together from these totally different streams of spiritual practice. And for me, that's exciting. It's, it's, a, it's a hint at what the, what we can muster in ourselves internally. Those are fables. They're mythologies that are designed to give us some kind of framework to navigate our life, some kind of star to navigate by, or in this case, deepening darkness to navigate by. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this and where I wanted to start with this. To deepen darkness. To recognize its utility, to recognize that it has its place and that we have to have a relationship with it where we... Since you read that, are you going to let me indulge in the opening of something? Oh, of course. Not a, you are All not right. my servant. Go ahead. <laughs> you are not. All right. Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. All right. So this is the opening. Nice and easy. First of all, it was October, a rare month for boys. Not that all months aren't rare, but there be bad and good, as the pirates say. Take September, a bad month. School begins. Consider August, a good month. School hasn't begun yet. July, well, July's really fine. There's no chance in the world for school. June, no doubting it. June's best of all for the school doors spring wide and September's a billion years away. But you take October now. School's been on for a month and you're riding easier in the rains, jogging along. You got time to think of the garbage you'll dump on old man Pickett's porch or the hairy ape costume you'll wear to the YMCA the last night of the month. And if it's around October 20th and everything's smoky smelling and the sky orange and ash gray at twilight, it seems Halloween will never come in a fall of broomsticks and a soft flap of bedsheets around corners. But one strange, wild, dark, long year, Halloween came early. One year, Halloween came on October 24th, three hours after midnight. At that time, James Nightshade of 97 Oak Street was 13 years, 11 months, 23 days old. Next door, William Holloway was 13 years, 11 months, and 24 days old. Both touched toward 14 and almost trembled in their hands. And that was the October week when they grew up overnight and were never so young anymore. Yeah, this is good stuff. (laughs) Right. And, you know, let's just acknowledge that your mom has passed now. We've been talking about her passing and uh, now it's come to pass that she's passing. And, yep. and left left the uh, physical plane, except yep. for her physical remains. And it is the the releasing of the life force into its next becoming that is part Go of to the world. light. Yeah. Go to the light. Right. Older guys. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because 
I was imagining reading about Michaelmas and about um, how Ubenza might feel about it. And, and I was like, <laughs> oh, it's named after him, right? He's like, <laughs> you know, and there's a whole Irish, like that um, thing I was reading is from uh, uh, an anthroposophical document called, uh, what's it called? Quick, quick. Oh, shoot. Anyway, um, <laughs> in it, it, there, it's, it's the, a journal and it talks about the history of Michaelmas. Would Steiner write that? Uh, no, it's from the Waldorf Journal Project. Okay. And it was g- compiled by a guy named David Mitchell. But in it, there's a lot of great stuff about the, the various forms that this image of Michael, the archangel, take throughout the various different cultures as they arise, and one of which is Irish. And I was like, oh, that would be the one I would read to, to Ubenza if he were listening, which he's not. Well, someone is. It could be him. Oh, that we we got a listener. There's an audience. <laughs> yeah. If it's Michael, type a comment. <laughs> You're still awake. After um, all that. Yeah. So, do you find yourself drawn to sort of the macabre and darker aspects of human life? In a way. Um. Not, I'm not personally drawn to it, but I allow myself to follow. Oh, it's others. my friend Pete Sellers. <laughs> hey, Pete. Not I, my. I, I allow myself to follow that curiosity in others a little bit more than I might. Normally, I'm pretty uptight about it. I'm like, no, no, keep that away. You know, keep that at bay. I'm. I want to be spiritually pure, which is bullshit. And <laughs> so, like. When you talked about the band that you went and saw this weekend. No, I'm um, going to see. Well, oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things about Moped Outlaws is it's also a time loop here. If you guys haven't figured that out. Yeah, we're actually recording on the fall equinox. So there's that. Yeah. And then it goes live Monday. Okay. The band you're going to see. Ramstein. They're fucking awesome. They're heavy fucking metal and they're German. And so there's something about German lyrics sung in, <laughs> and, and heavy metal that are, that they're kind of feels kind of dark. But, and I watched like a bunch of their videos because once I watched the first one, yeah. the artistic integrity of it is just so potent and yeah. you just couldn't help but like go further and further. Uh, what's the name of the band? Ramstein. Down the Ramstein hole. <laughs> So it, was, yeah. it, it looks like a really fun um, band and they have this dark aspect to them, but it didn't seem like overtly evil. And that was interesting to me because especially the one where they're all, have you seen the video where they're all dancing around in Lederhosen? Oh um, yeah. And they're farmers. I don't know if I have. Oh my goodness. There's this kind of wicked blind old guy and he's kind of lascivious and there's yeah, yeah, the German one. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 They're yeah. in Lederhosen and they're up on yeah. the, up in the Alps on the farm and they're drinking grog and they're throwing hay around. There's a kind of darkness to that kind of earthiness to it, but it also feels like it's part of the natural flow of things. It doesn't feel like evil in that sense. And I think that's, what the Michael miss and what the Michael myth 
why it appeals to me is it acknowledges this part of ourselves that there's the death cycle. And it also acknowledges that we have the will forces to hold it in its proper place. And I think that is found in the not succumbing to depression where we strive with hope to find hope. Even when we're feeling down, it's when bad things happen in serious situations and we turn towards each other and we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and work together. You know, nine one one was a good example of that. You know, like there was a, a period of time where people were just like, we got each other. Right. 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 And, and that's, uh, there's kind of a exercising of our soul forces that come with that. And so that's what appeals to me about it is the the idea to engage with that aspect of ourselves without denying it, without shaming it, but at the same time, not succumbing to it, not allowing ourselves to fully fall into the depths. And one day, yes, I, like your mother and my mother before me, will fall into the depths <laughs> of death, right? But it doesn't yeah. have to be evil. Well, I don't think death is evil. I think that it's... Uh... My personal experience with death has been really spectacular. I love killing people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, truly. Just, just like so was, we know, like, <laughs> you haven't actually done anything like that yet. You just kind of like the idea. I right? like the idea of killing people. <laughs> I, I don't think that's something I would want to put out into the world. I don't War. <laughs> what is it good for? Uh, no, I was with my father when he took his last breath. Uh-huh. And it was as Did you hold amazing. Pillow over I think I've shared this with you in the past. It was as amazing as when my daughter was born, my first daughter. <laughs> and all three births were amazing to be a part of. But that first one being so new... Th- it was like that veil. This is the other thing I like about, like about Halloween. So when both my dad passing and my daughter born, it was like the veil between me and divine was barely there. And I love that element of Halloween, like all Hallows Eve from my understanding of it. Um, the veil between the dead and the living is at its thinnest. And that's right, and why, that's reflected in Sam Hain, and then also in the Day of the Dead rituals, and right, right, and that the jack o' lanterns were created to keep the evil spirits away. And, yeah, they were uh, there to scare them off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I would say wandering spirits, right? Because you don't want ghosts wandering into your house because if they're stuck on the earthly plane at that point and they're still wandering around, they're they are going to cause problems. They're going to bump into stuff. They're going to, right? And and they're lost. They don't know, right? So, Well, I heard an interesting thing just uh, the other day, a gentleman that was interviewed, and he was saying how ghosts, a lot of them that are still present, they're afraid of what awaits them on the other side. Like they have this huge guilt and shame thing going on. So part of what he saw is his ability to aid was to assure them that, that's not what was waiting. He said, and you don't want to force any, anyone into something scary. Right. So I've heard that too, that, that, um, this whole fear of hell thing kind of fucks you up when you try to transfer out of this physical plane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to remind myself is I don't want to force anyone into a scary thing for them. Cause sometimes in my joy de vivre of the macabre, like saying, I like killing people, you know, like that may really trigger someone and, well, they shouldn't be listening to our show then, <laughs> but, but you know, like you, you don't want to force a person into a scary situation for themselves, but to help ease them. Cause I do believe that our path is through our fear. So, um, like I've heard a native American saying that says, follow your fear. So to really step into it, you know, step into that, which scares us is ultimately, our healing path. Yeah. It scares me to be in conversation with someone who says they like killing people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much richness in our willingness to move into the brave spaces and the, the fall strips away the shroud of <laughs> happy summer blah, 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 and brings us back to the reality of like, Oh, like it's going to get cold in a few months. I better stock up. I better have, you know, enough shelter wood, you know, I better make sure I'm doing my educational thing so that I don't end up a dumbass when I'm grown up. Like it's, it's a reality check in a way. Yeah. You know, um, that just reminded me of the grasshopper and the ant. And I really love that fable in part because it shows the importance of the grasshopper because ultimately he ends up in the ant's den playing the music through the winter months when they can't go out. So he's bringing them joy and life during a period that would be dormant without him. What they don't say in that fable is that when the stores run out, that the ants have run out of, they eat the grasshopper. After they fuck him in the head. (laughs) I knew you'd have to one up that one. (laughs) Darkness, darkness. Oh, my God. One of my favorite scenes in uh, Indiana Jones and uh, the Crystal Skull. Fuck him in the head? No, is when the ants. That giant ant mound, they go over the giant ant mound and the, all the ants are like crawling all over everybody in there. Like they're trying to get that. like they, they, they get on a rope or on a tree and they're like even trying to get above the ant hill and the ants are climbing up on themselves, making this ladder to be able to get to them. And they capture a couple of the bad guys and they just devour them. They're bought. Just, yeah. They crawl you know, that's, and, that's real. That's Have you ever read that short story? Legend and the ants. Legend. Legend. I don't Some, think so. Oh my God. It's great. It's a short story. An ant hole. What? No, no, it's like in Africa, those, those ants that, and they're coming and it's about this guy trying to stay alive and all the things he did, like trenches with water and the ants brought leaves and started rafting across and, and and he's like, I think finally he fills them up with gasoline and. I have um, read this. So now that you mentioned, I remember this now. Yeah, it was. I think it was assigned a lot in middle school when we yeah. were growing up. And yeah, let's scare the shit out of the kids and make them comply with our wishes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Halloween, friends. <laughs> um, 
it, but my understanding is those those that story was based on real ants in Africa that really will swarm and devour. Yeah. See, the laws of nature um, are not necessarily, you know, all rainbows and unicorn farts. There, it's serious shit out there. So. I think that's another reminder that fall brings us is the reminder of our impermanence and, and how, you know, violence is a real part of nature. It's not just a construct of man. So and that goes back to when we were talking about the mm-hmm. mass shootings. Yep. We're back to that and how potentially <laughs> the name of the, the show to moped outlaws murder incorporated. Natural born killers. I just watched that with Jonah the other night. That's why that's you're, you're getting residual effects. What were you trying to say before I interrupted well, you? This thought? element of like, because part of what you read earlier is evil is a natural part of life. And this time of autumn, the what's before us, should we choose it? is to really look at our evil and come to peace with it. And by doing so, be master of it. So it's no longer needs to be acted out or it becomes a into our physical realm, you know? Well, like in a world something there's... isn't going to master it. Yeah. It's learning to have a relationship with it that is generative as opposed to destructive. And, you know, you know, if we, if people didn't die, the world would become overcrowded very quickly, right? We, it's like, if nothing died, it would be really chaotic. And, you know, we're, I'm, I'm made up of a bunch of dead things that, right. Like the atomic structures, the, the things I've eaten, the, the animals I've eaten, the plants, I, right. It's like this whole, it's like a a wormhole turning on itself or, you know, it's like we both grow and decay and we're consumed and born. And it's the, in what the Eastern religions call samsara, right? This principle of beauty and ugliness and decay and growth. And it's just, it's, you know, the big mama, right? Like big mama nature, man, this is it. Here it is. Here's the sign that, you know, you know what? There's seasons, right? That we go through. And, um, right now I'm, it's, I've still been practicing my early morning immersion in the, the uncooled pool, the unheated pool. <laughs> so the last week it's, it's been, cold. not only is it dark, <laughs> <laughs> but it's butt cold. But what I notice now is I have a thirst for it. Because oh. when I'm out, I'm charged up. Mm-hmm. My body is, is new. All of the inflammation in my body is neutralized by that cold. I, it's like, like not baths, not ice baths. I was thinking about it today. I was like, oh, this is like junior high for ice baths, right? Like the Wim Hoffers are like they get in their ice baths and that's like heavy duty. This is like, um, it's like junior high for that. It's like just cold water. How cold do you think that pool is right now? I'll bet it's like 54 degrees. See, that's what I was thinking. That's f- cold. <laughs> it's, it's not an ice bath. It's cold. The ice bath is like 37. Right, right. But that's, <laughs> I think like um, 
I might be mistaken, but I think Tony Robbins, his ice submersion he does is 53 degrees. Yeah. And so, there's that cryogenic freeze stuff that you can go to. Right, like, right. I know that it's not quite the thing because my nipples don't hurt when I get in it. Right. I'll know that I'm really in the soup when my nipples hurt. Really? <laughs> okay. Apparently. You've heard that's how it works. I'm hoping. Oh, dear. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was I don't think the pool temperature changed that much in the last week. I think it's just the fact that the outdoor air is cooler. And <clears throat> well, it's what changed is my perception of it. Right. right. My mind. Right. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so I tell myself that because, you know, the way it works is I get up from my meditation and then I disrobe and I get in the pool. And um, each time I do it, I'm like, okay, I, cause I start, I immerse myself to a certain point and then I go fully in after I take three deep breaths and I've always on that third deep breath. I'm like, oh, I might want to get out. And <laughs> like, I don't, I'm just like, that's just the mind. And then the mind ups the ante. It says, well, it might be cold enough that you could have a heart attack. And I'm like, so ah. be it. right. And then I'm like, mind you are going to wait. Here you go. Take this. And I go in. And I think that's a big piece of it is the overcoming of the inertia of the mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I do the similar thing. Cause I've been doing a cold shower, like at the end of my shower, turn off the hot water. And it's funny to watch some of the days, the things the mind comes up with, Oh, you don't have to do it today. Like you've earned respite from this. <laughs> oh, really? I did. Oh, yay. What's trippy though, is I've gotten to this point now where I actually crave it. I don't, I, I'm not resistant at first. I was like, Oh, this is going to be hard. Or I, oh, I don't want to do this. I can do this tomorrow. Like that's all gone. Like I get up now and I'm like, I'm kind of like sitting there in my meditation going, okay, hurry up meditation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't is, sound like meditation. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's also the mind, right? Yeah. The mind's always active. And I have that. The reason I can laugh about it and bring it up is because I observe it as that I, you know, I'm actually present to it. And, 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 and now I'll put my attention back on my breath, but well, here's what I hope. Cause I believe from my experience in life, it's going to cycle and the challenge is going to come back. And I oh. hope that this knowledge of your exuberance for the act now helps you to power through when the challenge arises again. Yeah. Check in with me around October 1st well, that's or October 15th. It, could, it might be two years from now. It could be, you know, like when you well, I think to- it's going to be sooner. I think right <laughs> around mid-October <laughs> right. when it's still dark at seven. All right. I'll check you out in October. <laughs> well, our next episode, we'll see where you're at. <laughs> see how it's going. Yeah. That won't quite be October. You know, one of the things I think about, because a lot of what you and I have discussed is people of color and the challenges they have in racist America. And um, that's helped me before. It's like, they don't get to turn it off. They don't get to take a day of respite, you know? So there's a song um, called Bigger Man. I forget the woman who does it. But one of the things is, you know, you think it's hard. Try doing it for more than three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I totally get that. That's what, I mean, that's one of the easiest ways to explain white privilege to people. Right. Right. Just you to, get to, to walk away. It. Yeah. There's, you know, <clears throat> and I, again, I, I became aware today as part of my practices that one of the things I've come accustomed to since COVID happened is I actually like being isolated and the place that I'm isolated in is freaking paradise, <laughs> right? It's right. beautiful. It's safe. Like I don't leave my doors unlocked, but I could. Right. right. And I realized that the, the value of that was something I really, really sought out as I tried to heal my nervous system and, and, you know, collect myself around becoming a better human being. And now I've got this little glimmer inside of, well, that, all this healing and, and sovereign, you know, hermitage, it's useless if I can't make it mean something to everybody else. If I can't put something out into the world, that's good for other people. And that, so it needs to actually be driven by this possibility of me making a contribution. It's not enough that I've carved out this small space to be at peace and safe in. So how do you ride the razor's edge of wanting to be of service and coming from that place of the heart to heal and an egotistic, oh, I'm important because I'm healing the world? <clears throat> well, humility and beginner's mind are two things that uh, are tools for that. Being in a community where uh, you get reminded frequently. <laughs> how human you are. <laughs> well, how useless that egoic point of view is, right? Mm -hmm. Having friendships like our friendships where that's uh, available, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's, it comes down to a willingness to be, you know, humble and be humbled in the face of, people's observations of you and then attuning to acts of service that are actually useful to people as opposed to useful to the ego. Right. It, you know, that just occurred to me, I think a sense of humor is a wonderful tool to checking <clears throat> the ego. Yeah. And Ramstein, who we were talking about earlier, like their sense of humor is brilliant. Did you see the song video where they're in the fat suits? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, my God. The whole song is about the decadence of a rock star and just becoming like you, your, your joy de vivre is gone because you've done it all. You've seen it all. So now you just become fat and lazy. And there are these fat suits rolling out of these limos with these like nubile 25 year old girls all over the place. And they like just saunter up to their <laughs> instruments, you know, and like, oh, dude. It's so funny, man. Oh, my God. Uh, did you see the beach party one? No. I don't, yeah, I watched it. Oh, like, my dude. God. That one's crazy. Like total spoof of the American beach party 50s movies. And then it goes into this weird 90s like rave thing that's total chaos. And they're fun. You know, I was in a Zoom meeting where we were doing some men's work and one of the people there has a lot of respect for me and they actually called me a guru during the thing. And I was like, no way. 
<laughs> I'm, not I'm, your guru. I'm, I'm just on the path just like you. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that um, darkness and the fallen nature, the, the persistence of it, it's ne- there's no point at which you fully escape it until death. And then you right. escape because you're in it. You go Here's in it. what I think your challenge is, though, in that is to accept that that's their reality and to 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 ha- to wear that like a cloak like it just settles on you like yeah and the cloak will come off at some point but you know like it's cuz i think there's an it's it's like that quote of um we're not afraid of our darkness we're afraid of how truly light we are yeah and my wife used to bitch at me and say you fucking preaching all the time yeah, well, <laughs> look where that marriage went. <laughs> but I think that's a sort of it's a good kind of thing to to check yourself against a little bit. Like James Olstein could use some of this energy right now. In your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if he were here, I'd be happy to share my opinion. Ah! with him. But I don't think he would come. Because he would hear you talking about wanting to murder people and be like, oh, no, nope, I'm out. <laughs> the clergy of death. <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare. Oh, my God. I'm, that reminds that me of the Alice comic Cooper? book Leather Nun. Do you know the Alice Cooper album, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell? No. I mean, I know of it, but oh, it's I, you know, I've never it's listened so to Alice Cooper except for on the radio. <clears throat> oh, my God. Got you under my wheels, babe. Um, anyway, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell is a brilliant story album of him going to hell, meeting the devil, and wanting out, and then finally going home. I can see why that appeals to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a visual there for you people listening. <laughs> Well, for people who follow the show, who know about Greg's quote, deal with the devil. <laughs> oh, yes. That infamous episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, by the way, it's it, it's a metaphor, folks, for uh, cultivating the side of you that's destructive and caustic and harmful and gluttonous and undermining and, and you know, I those I forces are real. If that's where you want to live that you'll you'll get the the karma of that you'll get the consequences of that i personally don't have the courage or the desire to live that way you know i was listening to someone talk about cain and abel just 2 days ago and they were saying how you know um cain's offering to god was not accepted and cain got mad and god said well you invite evil at your door that's what you're living you know if you get right-minded you'll be accepted too and Cain got angry that hearing that he was the cause and uh killed abel who whose offering was accepted um it's interesting to note that the offerings were you know goats that got slaughtered no no because uh cain one of them, I thought it was Cain was the farmer and offered the first harvest. And Abel was the uh, sh- the meat offering. Like one of them was grain offering and one of them was meat offering. And I forget which one was accepted and not. 
I think that's an important part to know. But here's the part that, story. yeah, but here's what I thought was interesting for me is our anger when <clears throat> this human element, I know who it was. It was Jordan, that guy, Jordan, he was talking. Um, I forget. You Jordan know. Peterson. Yes. Jordan Peterson. Um, that element of ourself that when we're like, why me? Why is it like, why is this happening to me? And then when we're told because of you, you're the problem. Right. Get angry. Fuck. No, that's not me. It's not me. And, and like, that's such a part of the healing to come to terms with that. That to me is the element of fall where we look at these real world elements of who we are that aren't working for us and others. And we really can dive into them and heal them, master them. Yeah. That's the, the Judean thing of taking stock of what you've done and, and making atonement for it. And, and then devoting yourself to doing better, you know, it's an interesting principle. I think it has value. Yeah. And you and I have spoken more than once about how shame and regret are not useful in the healing process. Yeah. It's, but, but the awareness of the impact. Acknowledgement. Is, absolutely. Acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I was talking to some folks the other day about what I call radical responsibility. <clears throat> and they were trying to heal their relationship with each other. And each of them, when I asked them a question, they were like, it's all about them. If they would do this, if they, if they would do that, if they would do this. And I said, no, no, the question I'm asking you is what is it about you that's in your way? Right. And just refocusing them on that question of how am I co-creating this? What am I doing? Uh, it was powerful. Yeah. Where I live, as I've said more than once, is challenging at times. And there's so much more blessing in where I live than challenge that I just respect that. But there is like just two days ago, I was angry that the pearl in the situation was I realized very much in my bones, I don't like waste. And that was what was happening. And what I don't like even more than that is an individual who doesn't want to grow and better their life and change from a painful place. Yeah, they are, they're cultivating that energy of sadness and decay. Right. Yeah. And well, <clears throat> we have to recognize their sovereignty to choose. Right. Maybe. Right. Exactly. Because if I fight that, then I'm becoming as foolish as the fool. I think I'm pointing right. out, you know, exactly. like I just fall into that pit. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is a divinity to just letting go and like, OK, go go in peace. Well, and that's sort of interesting because one of the realities of fall is the reminder that we're all impermanent and that we're all going to die someday. And that recognition is the path to compassion, recognizing that we're all in the same boat. Yeah, I saw I was doing a little research for this episode and there's a poem. I forget who it was by um, talking about the heaviest treasure of nature 
is gold. And it was talking about the golden leaves. And then, you know, spring that's all buoyant and summer, but the heaviest is the gold. And I thought that's such a great analogy for yeah, yeah. autumn. Yeah, agreed. Also learned this morning that the f- season was referred to as fall of leaves. And then just because we're lazy, we shortened it to fall. <laughs> Well, I'm reminded of a book called Dahlgren. And in the film, in the book. Why um, is that ringing a bell? Dahlgren. Well, it's uh, the first paragraph in, or the first sentence in the book is escaping me. I'll have it in just a second. I'm having a senior moment. Just a second. Um, (laughs) Oh, I have come to wound the autumnal city. And that's the first part of the book. Why is that ringing a bell? Well, because it was a big part of the initial um, aspects of being in the Boho house, because that book got passed around a lot. Is that the one that begins in the middle of a sentence? It begins in the middle of. That was Dahlgren? Yeah. Oh, that was a great book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a trippy book because it starts in the middle of a sentence and then it ends like 800 pages later. With the well, and in the middle of, of it, sentence. there's two books going. Well, it all comes together, though, at the end. And it, and yes. it, it ends with that sentence. It begins with that sentence. Well, it begins in the middle of that sentence, and it ends with that sentence. That, and what I don't remember is did it finish? Was the complete sentence at the end? Or um, yeah, well, that's that the a- thing is that it's so weird that it 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 loops itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it had that. Yeah, and I do remember now what you just said. Like there was sort of two. It starts with one story, then all of a sudden this other story starts. And with no rhyme or reason, like all of a sudden there's another story you're reading, but they do come together. And then, yeah, at the very end, it's like, yeah, that was a good book. And I, I always thought that I would want to go to one of those parties where they have those light um, costumes that are made of light. Yeah, They were like projections that would, would uh, envelop them completely. Like it would look like a unicorn or a centaur phoenix or some yeah crazy thing yeah um that book was one that mike he mike that ubenza gave to me to read and uh i'm busily trying to look it up on on uh, See, I thought the book began with a z but maybe the author's name has a z in it or a maybe z. i'm just yeah dahlgren well i'm not finding it on the internet so i might have misquoted it. Are you spelling it right? Cause it had, yeah, a no, here it is. Dahlgren. I am misspelling it. That's true. So it's D H. Yeah. That's what I remember. It had a weird, there was a lot of weirdness to that book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so much I love about it. Here we go. I've got a copy on the internet archive. I'm going to be able to okay. read the first page. All right. Oh, it's a limited preview. Okay, come on. Uh, yeah, but don't log- they give you the first page in the limited preview? Well, they preview? did, but it was 
and I have an account, so I'm 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 borrowing it for an hour. So here we go. I'll be able to read it in just a sec. One oh, second. Come on. Maybe we yeah. should play some Ramstein while you're trying to struggling <laughs> <laughs> with this. Uh, that first video is super cool. That first video is about time and time turning back on itself, like you know how we were born and then we die. And and yeah, the, I've got it know. up. You do okay. Here we go. I come to wound the autumnal city. So ha- so how howled howled out for the world to give him a name. The in dark answered with wind. All you know, I know careening astronauts and bank clerks glancing at the clock before lunch, actresses cowling at light ringed mirrors and freight elevator operators grinding a thumbful of grease on a steel handle, student riots know that dark women in bodegas shook their heads last week because in six months, prices have risen outlandishly. How coffee tastes after you've held it in your mouth cold a whole minute. All right, so can you go? Oh, no, did you freeze? Oh, all right, you're back. Um, are you able to go to the very last page? Yes, let me do that. All right. Just read, like, the last paragraph. Okay. Um, here we go. This handful of crumpled leaves, it would be better than here, just in the like that. If you can't remember anymore, if I want to know, but I can't see, are you up there? I don't have a lot of strength now. The sky is stripped. I'm too weak to write much, but I still hear them walking in the trees, not speaking, waiting here, away from the terrifying weaponry, out of the halls of vapor and light, beyond Holland and into the hills. I have come to wound the autonomous city. And you start all the way at the beginning again. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad I remembered that, right? I had this thought. Yeah. Like, oh, it's been so well, it's not times. obvious because it actually says at the end of the book, it says, I have come to. And then if you look at the beginning of the book, it says, wound the autonomous city. So I yeah. knew it was that way. And when I read it here, I actually inserted that at the beginning. Oh, of the okay. Book. So it doesn't it, finish it. It yeah. does finish it. Oh, it does? It does. And it doesn't start with I have come to. I put that in. Oh, you put that in when you read the beginning. Because if you, yeah, if you don't, it reads weird. Yeah, see, that's what I read. I was like, wait, that doesn't sound like a middle. All right, read the sentences. It's actually written at the beginning. Number one, to wound the autumnal city. There you go. And it's all lowercase, right? Right. There's no, it's half yeah, a sentence. The middle of the sentence. Yeah. 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 That was a good book. That was yep. a good book. And then just going to the middle of it, there's columns where they're side by side with each other. There's literally two stories on the page going at the same time in certain spots. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it was a wacky book. I remember, oh, that's right. Cause I remember finally I was like, I'm just going to read this side and then go back and read the other side. Like I was trying to do both. So, I was like, that's reading that book is the literary, is as close as you can get to the experience of schizophrenia, but, but for a normal person by reading both of them at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it was, and you know what's interesting? I recall that we looked up other books this guy wrote and it just, this was his 
this was the book. It was like a one hit wonder. The other yeah. thing didn't really. That's my recollection. That's it, my yeah. opinion. And in those days, I was super enamored of the uh, bohemian lifestyle that we were cultivating. And so I, every word I, I was hanging on, right. Because I was looking for the great wisdom of, of life in this book. Oh, remember the poem that Sid and uh, Ubenza wrote? Let me see if it's online. You used to rule boot bait baby. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it, I, I would butcher it if I tried to remember the yeah, scrap of it that choked my brain. Can ran it off. Maybe we should have um, Ubenza on to talk about his poetry and writings as a guest. Yeah, that could be something. Ubenza, if you're out there and you're hearing this, we want you as a guest to talk about your poetry and your writings. Yeah. Have a, we'll hear enough about your music. We want to. <laughs> we want to read about your poems. Can I read you my autumn thing I wrote last night? <clears throat> Not yet. Let's close out with that. Well, we're at the close, aren't we? Yeah, let's do it. We're ready. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is for the um, gratefulness series that my brother and I do our um, blog posts. So this is my blog post. Grateful for autumn. What word upon days rests lightly as a nest? Abandoned by summer youth, flying towards their sky, their story. It is the last hours of sun's rain, and weathered boats tether up for winter storms, fuel stored for warming the hearts of hibernating souls. It is in these months of blood-red leaves, the opportunity for witnessing the deep, the dark, to that for which we have turned from, too light with light's laughter to pause for solemn reproach. The clock shall strike midnight this eve, and time shall fall. Recording stopped. <laughs>